0: assalamu alaikum everyone you are listening to heritage radio 90.6 fm it's sunday so that means it's converts in conversation um in the studio today we have myself khadija assalamu alaikum almas is here and we have a special guest with us today which i'm super excited about we have georgina i don't know about special but
1: you are special Alhamdulillah. <laughs> yeah hello assalamu alaikum everybody yeah.
0: Do you, I, th- uh,
2: I
1: think Georgie should introduce herself. Uh, yeah, I I oh was just God. saying, do, you want, to, do you, <laughs> you want to tell
0: us a little bit
1: about yourself, Judy? Um <laughs> Yeah, so obviously I'm a convert um, and probably came to Islam. I don't know. I'm just doing this off the top of my head because I actually haven't counted. I think it's 18, 20 years. Something. Mashallah. Mashallah. Yeah, yeah, around that time. Um, Actually, it's not. No, no, now I'm thinking. <laughs> yeah, no, my daughter is 16. So I converted two years after she was born. Oh, yeah. okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh yeah, so that's straight into there I didn't convert because I got married. Uh, which is it? <laughs> you <yeah. laughs> get into that one. Yeah, yeah, I converted much later. So yeah, convert and I work with um I work with the Manchester community, the Muslim community, uh counselling, um, psychotherapy. Uh I'm a researcher, academic researcher. Um my topic is actually converts and conversion. Yeah. And converts' experiences, <laughs> and I help out with Almas and Zahra and the rest of you lovely ladies with the convert group um, at Master's Salhadin Al Ayyubi Yeah, which of course is on hold at the moment. That's such a therapy, shame, isn't, isn't it? it? Yeah. yeah. It's regular. I know, Well, this is quite a nice little uh, it's a change, thing isn't it? This is a nice alternative, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? It is, it is. But I'm not here every week because I'm scared of the radio, so I'm just... Yeah, I'm just
0: <laughs> well, thank you for I'm coming. i hearing <laughs> my own like, voice. I genuinely appreciate it. Oh,
1: <laughs> sure. So, yeah, no, I'm just filling in today and, um, you know, it's nice to be called a special guest. I like that, it's quite yeah. nice. Yeah.
0: Today, everyone, we are going to be discussing our relationship with Allah and what that looks like, um, like, as a convert, um so i guess we we can talk about like how what our expectations were when we first converted and how we thought our relationship with allah was going to look yeah how it looks yeah. in real life yeah you're I mean, like the expectations of other people um well first of all we're going to go for a break and then we'll come back and get chatted with you
2: the voice of the people heritage radio
0: as alaikum guys, you're back with Converts in Conversation. Today's topic is relationship with Allah. If you want to join the conversation, please feel free to text in on 07751 939 396 and we can get the conversation going. Let us know you're listening. Also, for those of you who speak Hindi and understand Hindi, let us know what was going on in that advert because <laughs> I didn't realize I'd put a one on it. so I apologize but it was talking about the government and NHS and things that are going on at the minute so
1: ladies let's <laughs> talk relationships yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> the biggest
2: relationship yeah. of all so I'll start off because okay so when I was growing up um I understood I I understood like i I accepted god if that makes sense so i didn't grow up as an atheist definitely not i always understood that god existed where i got really confused when i was at school and so we got on one hand you know like religious studies classes you get taught um about god yeah adam and eve okay got that that was cool then um i got in um biology classes got taught darwinism And I'm like, okay, well, so how do those two things go together? That's when I decided that I actually didn't want to have much to do with religion because I couldn't get the two things to meet anywhere. Like you had, okay, we come from apes, but actually we come from Adam and Eve and and, and those two just didn't make sense. So what I did is I just threw all that out and I decided I just believe in God and that was it. But actually that belief didn't have, to be fair, didn't have any impact on my life at all. My life was just about... The I think it was just a reflection of society, and I was very much influenced by society. Yeah. Um. And I don't know if we're allowed to do this, but because I was listening, because I wasn't here last week, boohoo. Um. <laughs> but and I was listening to the recording, and you know, yeah, everyone here was talking about, um, you know, socialization and mm-hmm. I- isolation. Um. And I remember thinking, well, you know, I believed in God, um, but I didn't have any real kind of like religious friends because that just wasn't cool. It really just wasn't cool to be somebody that believed in God. So yeah. I kept that belief very much to myself. And it was only really when I got older and I went to university and I met Muslims for the first time in my life. I mean for the f- for for a fact I thought that all Muslims were going to be really somber people <laughs> that never <laughs> laughed, they never yeah. smiled because everything was very serious in life. And that was my that was my understanding of what a religious person was. Um but then here I met I met um, Muslims for the first time in my life who were really cool and and actually a lot of fun but they prayed and these two things were just really weird to me I was like you pray and you can have fun how do those two things go together yeah so this was my this was kind of my, my my mind opening up to the understanding of the fact that God wasn't somebody who curtailed your life, who hampered your life, Mm. because these people who, you know, these Muslim friends of mine that believed in God, they were just really, you know, they were good people to chill out with. They were just really nice. But yet they had a very kind of strong belief Mm. Well, I mean, I didn't have any belief at all, except for this one pinpoint in my life where I said, yes, I do believe in God. But I had never really thought about what that meant. Yeah. And now, when I met Muslims for the first time, who their belief in God actually impacted into the way that they lived their life, that was that was just mind-blowing for me. And that's when I started to think about, well, what does it mean to believe in God? Mm. I mean, I don't know if anybody else... Mm. Do, Georgie, did you have anything like that?
1: I mean, I, my relationship you know, well, with Allah or with, with God, you know, in those early days when the word Allah, the name Allah was not something that came along um, until much later was really built on the examples of other people like you're saying um, you know, obviously growing up I didn't have any Muslim examples, I'd never even heard of Islam till much, much later on mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, sort of during school when I met, uh, met Muslims in classes, but um, how I saw God was someone or a being or something higher than me usually in the sky you know as a child you yeah, look yeah. up in the sky Floating. somewhere yeah, yeah. <laughs> and usually at night when you're lying down you're staring at your ceiling and you're reflecting on your day and you know thoughts are going through your mind that you kind of like oh please god help me you know yeah. and it, and I saw I saw God through I suppose my mother my mother was a catholic so she was um she turned to god in prayer for difficulties um, so I saw God as somebody that you went to when you're experiencing difficulty. So that early attachment was usually through tears and sadness. You're mm-hmm. sad, you're tearful. You put your hands together. You ask God.
2: That's That's that is. You know, I mean, my mum was a firm believer in God, and when I used to see, because she used to pray, and when I used to see her pray, I remember as a child feeling sorry for her, thinking, "Oh, her life must be so difficult <laughs> yeah. that you know she feels she has to pray." And that mm. was my that was my kind of association that you only prayed if things got really really bad but if things were good hey you know it's all cool you know god where does god come into your life if things are great
1: yeah yeah exactly and actually that's funny you say that because I was thinking um, about my relationship, you know, when I knew about the topic today and I was asked to come in, I was thinking about, OK, what's my relationship with, with God like now? Um, you know, and, you know, you have difficulties, every single one of us, convert, Muslim, non-Muslim, you know, this relationship between the idea of a creator, um, uh, you know, it, it's it's conflicting, it's difficult. We have opinions from other people. We don't know, you know, what to do, what's what's needed of us, what's required of mm-hmm. us. So, it took time for me to figure out what was expected. And you know, you're told, you know, generally as a Muslim what is expected. But actually it's something a lot deeper than that. And what I've come to learn, especially through my studies in psychology mm-hmm. and like attachment theory, that kind of thing, that the relationships i have and the attachments i have or haven't between my caregivers so my parents grandparents culture society friends all impact on my relationship i have with Allah now and it's really interesting that one um question which i i tend to ask uh, clients when i first meet them just a it's, it's quite a quirky question but I, I sort of say to them you know what's your what's your f- what was your favorite fairy tale as a child? Or I'd say something like um uh, one of the common ones is um That sounds really deep. I want to get yeah, into yeah. this. want we go into this big metaphorical <laughs> chat about my Cinderella, you know, and this problem with Prince Charming? But um it's yeah. <laughs> Don't, get Don't get started. But um one of the other questions which is which is linked to that um is what is the what were the favorite sayings in your home? Okay, mm-hmm. so if you think about it for oh a minute, my. what were those those common sayings that your mum said or your dad said? Oh, got me thinking. Oh, and I know I'll, I'll give you yeah. an example of one of mine because I use it as an example. It was, um, you know, two things Georgina, the grass isn't greener on the other side. Oh, okay. And the second statement was, which a lot of English people might, you know, you might uh, uh, understand this one, is children should be seen and not heard. Oh, oh yeah. Yep. Yeah, I yeah. know that one? <laughs> now, that statement has, I've, I've noticed, impacted my relationship with Allah. Seriously. Yeah. Now I'll tell you how, because children should be seen and not heard. Now you get me to the prayer mat because I I, I believe deep in my soul Allah sees me. Okay. Mm. The heard bit, I believe Allah hears me, but there's some there's a disconnect between is he listening to me all the time and am I worthy of being heard? Ooh. Yeah, it was that deep, isn't it? You know, you brought oh, the gosh, in today, so you're asking is. for this. Oh <laughs> We're just oh, going to keep quiet. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's and I, I was thinking about. it I thought, you know what? I I do have a problem with making dua. Well. I really yeah. do. I am a bit. I don't know what was my problem with that. Yeah. You know, just ask. And I wrote, yeah. I wrote a thing on it ages ago, calling, saying, just ask. Why can't I just ask? And I think it's linked to this statement of children should be seen, not heard. So that's this early attachment you have your parents, how it imprints and impacts. Okay, so I'm so glad Uh, we've got uh, you here. (laughs) Like, tell me this
2: all. is, this has turned into a counseling session now. <laughs> but I mean, because one of the things that I remember, I mean, you're saying that, you know, the, 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 the relationships that you have when you're younger. And yes, everybody recognizes that they do impact in your mm. life, you know, throughout your life. But one of the things was actually at school was being taught the, the, the Christian understanding yeah. of, you know, of kind of, like original sin and all this concept and i grew up feeling that i was inherently bad mm. yes yeah and that is very difficult then to meet a lot in that sense yeah. Yeah. because you're always thinking yeah i'm going to ask you but i don't think you're going to listen because i'm just such a terrible person yeah. that you know i'm just not worthy of being mm. listened to and that just it will actually keep
1: on coming back mm. absolutely it's that thing about um critical parent or nurturing parent mm. you know if you if you're a mom if you're a father you know it's we, have, we 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 do. Unfortunately, people tend to criticise. Mm. Um, you know your children if we tell them if they're not doing something right or doing something wrong. Um, but actually, Islamically, if you look at the Quran and how it's how it's set out and how Allah approaches it with His first words of rahma, and mm. yeah. you know, we yeah. c- we could talk a, a whole session on a session. <laughs> Is it? I've mean, <laughs> a session. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. On um, on rahma and the womb and the attachments. Mm. I mean, it, 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 it's all connected. Mm um but how but the difference between having a relationship of fear and a relationship of love with Allah,
0: and that's so i feel i find that for me growing up my sort of relationship with god was always based around this very christian um sort of viewpoint and this is how you come to god Mm. and you know you sort of ask for anything and a bit like you, I, I've I struggled to ask for what I wanted. It was always on behalf of other people. World unless, peace, yeah, basically, yeah, yeah help everybody the world, would be yeah. happy and healthy yeah. and the only time i would ever really feel it coming from myself was when i felt so misunderstood and i think we had a little bit of a conversation about this about like now i'm i'm okay being misunderstood but before that was really really hard for me and the only person i could think to go to was allah because it was like well you made me this way so you're gonna understand and the way i spoke to allah was more like a friend and it was more like I'm really stuck in this situation yeah. what do I do you know it wasn't yeah, it wasn't yeah. so much like I find like formal ways of doing things really really difficult especially when it comes to allowing and like you know like Mick do I like this I mm. find that so difficult because my whole relationship has always been just kind of like I'm
1: stuck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: that's a
2: common one. Yeah. And yeah. that, you know, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's a that I had that when I was younger, um, where I went through a stage. I mean, it was just, I was about 13, and I remember thinking, oh, you know, every, every self respecting teenager just having hit teenage years, every self respecting teenager rebels, you know, and I need to rebel somehow. Mm-hmm. How am I going to rebel? So I was like, the biggest thing I could think of was I, I was going to say, right, I didn't believe in God anymore. Yeah. Um, and then that lasted for about three months. But in that three months, i remember i was still talking i thought well who am i talking to then so yeah (laughs) Mm -hmm. my relationship is a bit like that where it's almost like your thoughts yes and it's not you're you're directing your thoughts towards the to god or allah you know it was only later on that i mean when i was younger i had heard of islam definitely because there was islam in my family Mm, but Literally, it was just the name. There was nothing else. And I thought that Muslims worshipped Allah and everybody else worshipped God. Yes. I didn't actually like realize. Yeah, entities. I didn't realize they were the same. So actually, when I discovered that Allah is God, God is Allah, that was just mind blowing. I mean, the mind blowing thing for me was that as a Muslim, uh you believe in all the prophets. I was yeah, like, what? We believe in too. Jesus? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So that was amazing. You know, I'm, I've, I I am actually found that a real kind of coming home.
0: Mm.
2: It felt really natural. Yeah, yeah. One of the things that was touched on last week, so everyone's going to have to listen to recordings of last week because I'm going to keep <laughs> talking about this. But one of the things that was touched on last week was this um, idea of, you know, relationships with the opposite sex. So having mm. male friends and how does that work? And I remember growing up being in a family where... Um, uh, you know like to to have kind of a lot of male followers on was seen as something really successful you know you yeah. were kind of like a, a popular person mm. and I really struggled with that because not that I'm saying men are bad people I'm not like <laughs> that but I just always seemed to gravitate towards female friendships mm. and when I discovered Islam and found that actually female friendships were the thing for me I was like oh thank goodness mm. <laughs> because
1: that's yeah. what I really like yeah, yeah. <laughs> the interesting thing about that again with the with You know, going back to that thread of um, how your relationship with your parents affects uh, your relationship mm. with Allah. With the female male thing, what is interesting is actually if you've got a, you know, I don't know, thrown out there, it's not a theory. If you've got a, a strong bond with your mum and you gravitate towards female friends, if you, if you're in your mind, you see Allah. Uh, I mean, we know Allah's got no gender, but if it's seen as that patriarchal. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and know, it's difficult because yeah. when you
2: read the Quran, although he, he, in he, Arabic. Yeah. It's not like no. that, but in English it gets translated yeah. as he, because yeah. yeah. obviously it would be rude to say it, because that yeah, would be exactly. that would be the obvious, because Allah isn't of a
1: gender. Mm. But it then kind of reinforces yeah. that, doesn't it's it? It's seen yeah. as, as the father, the eternal father figure. Yeah. Mm. Um, but actually, to my life started changing, my relationship started changing with Allah when I started seeing Allah as the eternal mother as oh, well wow. you know and uh, you know and I, I don't like using these mother earth we're going into yeah, you know this kind it, of mother nature stuff now right yeah. it's a borderline <laughs> conversation here um but um actually he's all so when i started um started that relationship with the maternal rahma side mm, yeah. of allah things started to change in my relationship mm. the emotion started to come in less anger less fear You know, less like I need a cuddle a lot, you know, you know, that kind of and the the universe would cuddle, you know, that you'd send gifts like, you know, he'd send gifts of children, your children to cuddle and, you know, that that kind of thing. Um, So that that was really interesting. That changed my dynamic with Allah in that relationship. And also I found my relationship with Allah changed when I started looking at his guidance, as in guidance for me, personally. Yeah, Mm. yeah. Yeah. When I stopped looking at it as a book of Arabic for the Arabs. And I didn't understand why the Pakistanis uh, were using it because it was all in Arabic. So I just (laughs) couldn't understand that whatsoever. You know, but then I get it now. (laughs) But (laughs) but to be in English, you know... um, you know, that completely transformed me. And it was someone, someone said, like, look at those, ayah, those verses as if it's a letter to you. Mm. And then that began a dialogue between the creator and myself. And, um, yeah, that sounds really, um, it's deep. It sound it, deep. It just yeah. yeah. Okay. Deep. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought that's really like I don't know between myself. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's pompous. <laughs> um, but you know it is. It, that's interesting because that's that's me, of course, rejecting that intimate connection mm. again. Mm-hmm. So it's so, all okay. like, I mean layers. that's
2: amazing because I remember when I was younger and I was quite interested. There was a Quran in the house, but I was told that it was you you were it was a sin to read it in any other language but arabic. arabic and i remember going well don't read arabic let just forget that <laughs> and then actually i remember i mean so it really meant nothing mm. to me mm. and then when i discovered that actually you could get qurans in english and i remember yeah. the first quran i ever got given and a friend gave it to me and i was like oh that, that's that's so kind i said how much do i owe you um and they were like you, and they laughed and they said no 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 i'm not charging you for this this is a gift you know because yeah. they knew that i'd never read the quran and i read it and i'm not saying that you know like my vista's opened up cuz to be fair some of the translations i find quite difficult, difficult. Yeah. um so again that was that was another barrier i was like i have to kind of brush up on my shakespearean english here to yeah. be able to understand yeah. this yeah. um and actually the 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 point that i find is the real attachment point for me when it comes to my my relationship with Allah is literally just looking at His creation. Yeah, mm-hmm. for me,
0: that, that is you know, the biggest attachment. Yeah, hundred yeah, yeah, percent, yeah, yeah.
1: absolutely.
0: What we'll leave you with now, guys, is another break, and we will come back shortly. inshallah
1: This, is Heritage Radio. This is Heritage Radio. Radio.
0: Assalamu alaikum guys, we are back conversing conversation. I have a quick message for you guys, anyone who's listening. A team of researchers are getting together to explore a sample of responses of a group of Muslims for the forthcoming twenty twenty one census. Local authorities will be able to use the research to lobby and apply for funding sources to add value and increase benefits and services to the british muslim community if you can help with completing the short survey please follow the link on the british muslim heritage website we're back to talk about our relationship with allah (laughs) alhamdulillah (laughs) um so ladies your relationship with allah and expectations Expectations from other people, expectations of yourself.
2: Mm. Ah, yeah, that's a big one. It expectations is. of yourself. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah no, I mean, I, I struggle with that one, to be fair, um, because I think just in general, I'm one of those people who has very high expectations of myself. Mm. So, you know, when I when I read about, I mean, I read like... Maybe the Prophet Muhammad peace and blessings be upon him has said, you know, that whoever tries to encompass the whole of Islam, it will kill them. And in my head, I'm going, yeah, yeah, but I want to, (laughs) you know. So that's really difficult. So I think, yeah, I mean, definitely, when not even just in the early days of having converted to Islam, but throughout your life, do not be hard on yourself. I'm not saying be really lax Mm. and too easy on yourself. Always have like a little bit of a program of what you're going to try and achieve, but Mm. you know, make it realistic. A balance, yeah, of course, it's a
1: balance, and it's. Islam is a balance, it's a middle way, you know, because it can be the opposite where where you're saying, you know, you put too much pressure to, you know, it's how, how I've heard it, to achieve uh, as much as possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I wouldn't say I take the, the lazy route, I've, uh, but, you know, uh, I probably would do the minimum um, in in the practices rather than mm-hmm. the. It, I mean, it depends what you define as practices because I think when you come to Islam, you think it's, you know, prayer, fasting.
0: Yeah. Five, uh, pillars, five, yeah, pill- five pillars five pillars five pillars yeah
1: exactly um and so that, that, you know i do other things above and beyond in other in other areas mm. self-development obviously yes. massive yeah. thing for me i love my here. i love you know, that whole kind of self-awareness yeah. so i go above and beyond in that mm. and maybe it goes so like so much so i'd spend a whole day on the computer doing my research and whatever and you know reflecting away filling in journals and then the than go and i'll be like i ah, just carry on with this journal reflection you know and, and that that's how it interferes so it's about having that balance um which i'm working on um but you know it, it definitely i think everybody has their strengths and weaknesses don't they in their yeah. in what areas they they practice and I, shine. Mean, I think
2: the only time i really faced that expectation from other people where i found it difficult was early on when I decided to start wearing like a headscarf Mm. and I just within about six months no within about a year of starting to wear the headscarf then I decided I was going to start wearing like the abaya Mm. the outer garment and and I met a group of sisters you know I didn't know anybody I'd moved to Manchester so I was trying to get to know people and I went to a group and just because of the way that I was dressed and because I was new um And so they didn't know me. They just assumed that I would be able to give a talk the next week and I was like uh, you know like talk about judging a book by its cover and I remember that I mean I I said yes because I felt too shy to say no and Mm. the whole of that week I remember being completely stressed out thinking I don't even know how to research I don't know what to do you know Mm. Um, and so that was a lesson to me actually of you know how to you know learning how to say no No. to something that you're not comfortable (laughs) with which is really important
0: important. I think for me it's the kind of expectation on myself wasn't there until the expectation from others came. Okay. So I'd kind of just mm. like become a Muslim, and I was just like, "This is awesome! I want to feel the feeling that I had when I took my shahada all the time." Yeah. And I was just kind of like, "I'll I'll get there somehow. I'll chill." And then when other people start saying it should be like this, you is that your go like with the flow, Khadija? I am go with the flow. <laughs> I can't even help it. I try. I try to plan, and then I'm just like, "Nah, okay, <laughs> perfect." But. When when other people started to say like you know you need to pray like this you should do this you should do this and it it became kind of overwhelming yeah because mm. puts like a barrier was, in between it, yeah, yeah it was it was sort of like. That relationship that I mm-hmm. thought I had with mm-hmm. with God before was kind of like okay, it becomes formulaic. You can't do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it was like, you, well, you can't do that now. You've got to stop. Yeah, take a pause I I and cry. That, remi- like, that
1: reminds me so much of you know when you when you, a parent will stop a child being a child. Yeah, you know, like you know things like, like eat all your dinner. You cannot leave the table. You yeah. know those kind you of You can't it, put your fingers yeah, in the food. Don't touch. Don't touch. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's that and i don't think that's a natural i mean you have to have an element of um rule yeah and course, we know that yeah. and, and, and allah gives us the rules if we're going to be living on natural and natural progression route and holistic 25. islam here and you yeah know.
2: but georgie if you look Go at on. it you've got the five pillars of islam yes, yes. Mm-hmm. so there's only one uh, okay if you're thinking shahada shahada is all the time yeah Mm, yeah. because you're always witnessing you're always declaring your faith in allah but prayer is five times a day Mm. and i remember oh my gosh i remember at the beginning when i found out it was five times a day i was like when do i sleep when do i eat (laughs) um but you know obviously you work it in it is but
1: yeah and i agree but i think what i mean is is that there is i mean the way i understood I stand, took it away from being a barrier mm-hmm. so oh my gosh i want to have a relationship with allah and get to know allah and myself but now there's five times prayer and oh i'm gonna yeah. say mm-hmm. it was actually seeing it as um there's going to be a set of parental rules that every child must learn mm-hmm. like don't stick your fingers in a plug you know yeah, okay yeah. and a parent will say no you know and allah is saying do this do that do that right these yeah. are just your set of basic rules mm. for your survival yes yeah, yeah. do keep these keep them safe now they seem massive like prayer so i kept thinking how can prayer fasting putting a hair wrap on be my survival or my mm. the basics of my nurturing and care you know, as being yeah. raised by Allah. But I get it now, mm, later on yeah. in life. I get in the breaking of time and the reminders. That's what five prayers does for me. Yeah. It reminds me who I am, what I'm doing, Focus, refocus every five. Yeah. You know, time out, refocus look got at my attention yeah ask for help reassess grounding exactly you know putting on the hijab definitely it's it's keeping in relationship with Allah mm. continuously mm. putting Allah above everybody else yes you know uh, I found hijab a massive indicator of my relationship levels with Allah yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah when it was when it goes old turban style <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm like yeah I'm not anyone. feeling the relationship that much I'm more like want to please everybody else yeah. <laughs> you know, and I've got to admit that to myself. Yeah that's not the case for everybody else it is the case for me yeah when when hijab came off it was definitely to do with i felt completely swamped with my relationships with others Mm -hmm. and their opinions rather than allah's but there was something always inside of me intuitively that that felt that you know allah's okay with this yeah you know he's uh i i I wasn't and maybe i need a little bit of this i wasn't flooded with the fear of i'm going to hellfire because i've not got this on it was really that Kind of didn't bother me for some reason, and maybe it should. Mm. But I kind of thought, you know what, Allah's giving me time here. I've got to figure this out because if I don't do it properly, I'm always going to struggle. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So that, thing- I, but I think that's that's your uh, because that's your relationship,
2: your connection with Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. Like you were saying um, about how when you when you really manage to tap into Allah as the nurturer, yes, yes. Um yes. and you know that, like, okay, so if you if you do kind of lies above any analogy but if you give that kind of analogy of the caring parent mm-hmm. or the caring mm-hmm. mother, mm-hmm. Um, yeah. that they love you no matter exactly. what. Mm-hmm. that That's exactly
1: what I was homing in on. Mm. Um, you know, and maybe I need to bring back the stricter parent father now
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah but that's that's the it's that constant balance throughout your life though I Mm. mean I I mean okay I know that we want to uh, later on in in the show when we've got time to talk about you know maybe our tips yeah but Uh, you know it's not even just for people who've just converted you know new to 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 islam it's throughout your life you need these kind of tips Mm -hmm. because you need that constant reminder it's very it's very difficult to gun it um i would say it's very easy actually to get stuck in a rut yeah and you need kind of like that constant reminder to be able to say to yourself okay i need to look at this with fresh eyes again you yeah. know to f- like you said to feel that feeling when you had, you know when you took the shahada kind of elation to you know like that real connection with allah subhanahu wa ta'ala
0: has anybody like i have to ask this question yeah. now because i feel like it's one of those questions i'm always too scared to ask and i feel like go passage. for it <laughs> go for it that feeling when you took your shahada yeah has anybody ever managed to get it again
2: yeah me finger really? up yeah no, no. and i tell you i mean it was on hajj oh. it was on hajj and i remember really really uh, it was the day of stoning on the, when you have to go and stone the 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 biggest of the pillars the biggest of the mm. um, and i remember because i remember hearing in the news how that was the day every year that so many people died in crushes and you know you know and i was like i was really scared i was really really scared yeah. thinking i'm gonna die yeah. somebody's mm-hmm. gonna trample on me and i had my husband on, um, holding my hand and i was like squeezing his hand so, so tight brilliant. and i was like really scared mm-hmm. and i had a friend but may allah bless her she said mm-hmm. to me she goes almost she goes just because i was convinced i was going to trip over nobody cares they're all just going to trample me to death um and she said almost just make du'a you know." know ask Allah to open up a space around you to you know so that you always have a firm footing and so mm-hmm. I thought okay here goes let's make that du'a and it, it was almost like this invisible barrier <laughs> and because the 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 answer to that dua, du'a was so immediate and so perfect for me I was like huh I don't need to hold on to my husband's hand anymore I have a <laughs> with, with me, you know yeah, that's and it taking was just, you yeah. yeah but I mean so, I, but I get that sometimes yeah. anyway yeah. you know when I'm uh, like i mean i've just come back from the beautiful isle of sky when i'm i'm looking at like the clouds
1: mm. lifting or i'm looking at the waterfalls and for me that really good, connects Absolutely. me to ta'ala. it's Allah. like an inner sight isn't it and that's, i see mm. conversion as like it's a cl- it's some it's clarity so something happened it was a it was like an atmospheric change it was a mm. personal change something became more crisp and more clear and that was the point of my conversion i remember the flowers at the time how strange yeah. of all the things i remember and it was in the evening i remember the roses. it's really strange now i've had those crisp clarity moments of shahada of of awakening um in death uh Mm. when my mum died a point of death uh, and sort of before we we buried her that was another i'd say shahada moment a moment of conviction you know because
2: shahada is a witnessing it is a witnessing it was a witnessing a firm declaration isn't it
1: and the other one was birth when i gave birth to my mm. son yeah but you know it wasn't at the actual birth it was at the transition stage you know okay. yeah when you go through birth you have a transition stage where your mm. body just takes over allah takes over <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah, you know and, and there's no no going back basically and <laughs> yeah <you> know, tough. <laughs> that's it and that in that special moment between me and that particular child very peaceful birth it was a transitional moment where there was clarity and my senses became alive so mm. death birth um, you know, and the and those sorts of moments when they're very very special and all your senses are taken to another level. That for me is what mm. sort of shahada moment.
0: Maybe I'm just. What still about thinking, you, Khadija? Just- yeah, because I I feel like I'm on this constant journey chasing a high. Okay. Are, are you with me? Yeah, yeah, I feel yeah. like even though I can go through like different life events and feel like just clear, like, having that clarity. It's just never been anything like that. Because it just comes unexpected.
1: I mean, would you expect to connect with every part of your being when your mum dies? No. No, no. Would you expect to connect when you're in the most painful... You know, place of childbirth where you feel like you're gonna die. Mm. So it's unexpected, and I've known and, I, and I've learned myself that the minute you go chasing for spirituality, the minute you start looking for it, you just can't get it. You, uh, you, know, that's how it feels. you know, you're not gonna have those special moments. You're not mm. gonna have a dream, mm. uh, a, a dream of a sign. You're not gonna <laughs> have a. You know, it's it comes in. The most unexpected times. Yeah. Mm. Sometimes it can
2: for for me anyway. It can come with just I've heard a word from somebody. They've said something, yeah. and
1: it something just clicks Likes. in my brain. And I think wow. oh it's a my click goodness. isn't it? It's yeah. uh, someone used to say angel clicks. It's, a, <laughs> it's like a special. <laughs> I, don't know, I like that. Thing, yeah. <laughs> yeah, subhanallah.
0: Right, guys, we're going to go to another break. And when we come back, we will be discussing some tips and maybe sharing some ideas on how to build that relationship with Allah if your iman is low or maybe you're a new convert. So we'll be back soon, inshallah.
2: Heritage Radio, the
1: beacon of hope
0: as Alaikum guys You are back with Converts in Conversation Today's topic has been Relationship with Allah And before we go Which has gone very fast <laughs> <laughs> We'll we be back next week <laughs> <laughs> We want to leave you with some Sort of some advice Some tips, some tricks On how to maintain or build A relationship with Allah I'm asked, do you want to go first?
2: I could do, but I've completely forgotten what I was going <laughs> to
0: say.
1: Yeah, I'm thinking, I'm waiting for you guys to give me
0: some tips and advice. voice. Okay. I'll start. So my my tip was going to be to give yourself time. I found that when other people's expectations were put on me, I felt like I had to be this, this you know, Allah's best friend, like right now like this mm. moment this time and it was like oh like deep I, I connection straight away yeah I was yeah. like but I, I barely even know who he is like yeah and yeah. I, I feel like you know, like you were saying, Allah's not comparable to anything that that we've ever experienced, but if you look at the relationship you have with people around mm. you, it takes time to develop, mm-hmm. we're not just like going up to some random on the street and being like, we're best friends right now, you're just going to have to accept it <laughs> <laughs> we're not like that and I think we have to kind of look at it in a similar way, like give yourself time to to learn about Allah and I think even by learning his names and his attributes, you're going to learn more about him and then get to get to a point where you are in... You will just be in that relationship yeah. with line. You won't know. And I think
2: one of the... I think you made this point before, Khadija, about, you know, um, people's expectations of you, mm. that um, if it becomes too formulaic, yeah. then in any relationship, if a relationship becomes formulaic, it, it, it loses the kind of meaning of it. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean like back when I was you know like 13 and you know and I was kind of talking to God in my head Mm. I still do that and for me that's really important because that's like a proper relationship you know like if you have a best best friend and you need to tell them everything all the time you know at some point that's how you want to get to with Allah where he's the one that you turn to first Mm. and yeah like you say it completely takes time Mm. Um, and I'm not saying that this is a I mean this is okay it's not something that it's good to do and i don't mean like you're testing allah to see whether how much he's got your back but allah will have your back in so many different situations that through that those experiences you start to love allah yeah you know and like um yep. georgie you were saying about how you know when things you know when you're feeling in your vulnerable mm, moments yeah. um that you only feel brave enough to share with allah because Weirdly enough, you don't feel brave enough with people yet. Yeah, you right. feel brave enough with Allah. Yeah. And it makes you understand how much Allah loves you. That's and yeah. that takes time,
1: yeah. yeah it's it's one of the hardest things to learn, i I, I think, to to learn to be to be. Mm, you know yeah. and to be present with yourself and your feelings and your thoughts and, and everybody else's and like and, and kind of swim in that like an ocean mm. and, and get through it mm. you know and be vulnerable yeah. you know I think it's um, yeah, we shy away from it we've got to be strong mm.
2: yeah. you know we've got
1: to please we've got to do you know uh, I've got to be seen to be doing and putting on my hijab and everything but actually just being vulnerable I find in those times of really deep vulnerability where you know what i can't i can't do anymore can't say anymore Mm. you've got me you've got me cornered i'm at a stage where all i can do now is reach out for help yeah i can't get over it you know i can't no one's going to support me through this i can't even understand your words a lot i don't get it anymore Mm. i just need your help yeah it's actually in those moments if you just pause and breathe in it that something starts to emerge I remember um, coming across
2: um, a saying of the Prophet Muhammad, peace and blessings be upon him. It was a time uh, at the time of the Prophet Muhammad, peace and blessings be upon him, that I just thought was beautiful. There was a man and he was in pain and he was just sort of, kind of making pain noise. like uh, And I think somebody was getting annoyed with the kind of love, like, please stop with the noise. <laughs> yeah. And the Prophet Muhammad said to him, don't stop him because... He is calling out to Allah, mm-hmm. and I was, and that well, I always remember that when I feel like I don't even have the words yeah. to approach Allah, I just kind of go, oh, yeah, yeah, you know? <laughs> just, just and sh- expect that to be translated.
1: Exactly. You know? yeah, yeah, no, it's the best way, you know. <laughs> God help me you know yeah. Allah help me and they say even the atheist calls out to yeah. God in these pangs yeah. of despair yeah. um, I mean I, I wrote a little poem do you know oh, I go know? for yeah. it oh, yeah, oh, yeah, lovely. It was, it was just it was actually you know it's quite it's quite a personal thing so it might translate a bit weird but it's it was in one of those moments of great vulnerability where i just felt cornered and it was during covid lockdown mm. um you know and i just yeah you know, everything was on top of each other COVID has brought out so many emotions oh, just? Yeah. i mean <laughs> seriously get pen to paper because i think mm. one of my tips is reflection deep reflection and yeah. I, you know you were saying on Mars that uh, a believer is a person who thinks yes. deeply yes. And, uh, and reflects yeah. um so and i call it the tides of conversion um I find myself in a very familiar place, an ambiguous zone. I'm scared to voice it because maybe I'm alone. Maybe it is really. Maybe it is my reality and no one else's. This ever-present voice of the ego always chases. The familiar dark swell of thoughts fill my mind. Do all tides talk in conflict or is this just mine? I end up most days wondering if any of our convictions are authentic. Or are they just a product of sin, something unrepented? This dependency of some kind, and wanting recognition. The swell pulls me down, drowning my own my omission. Own Is my conversion a way of pleasing others? Begging for rescue because of an absent other? I use someone else's rope and cling on to hope. Motionless and heavy, I'm tired of this struggle. I let the swell take me, and to my surprise those waves begin to cuddle glimmering islands of gifts soon appear love and hope begin to come near and when i'm refreshed by these shores of new hope the tide comes back but this time i stay afloat oh
2: that's allah. amazing what? the amount of things i was thinking I about when i was listening to that <laughs> i
0: just got lost in that. because actually the
2: wave analogy is a mm. really excellent yeah. one because you know just when you think you're drowning mm. yeah and allah comes and that wave surges you up
0: Subhanallah.
2: even
1: higher than you mm. were before cool. yeah Wow. 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 Yeah. (laughs) Maybe we might just have a minute's silence here just to think about (laughs) it. But, you know. You know, it's it's interesting, isn't it? But these are the sorts of gifts that Allah sends because, you know, I wasn't feeling so great the past few days. Like I said to Amas, I've missed all you guys so much. Mm. And, you know, know, I can't get involved in the radio station that much, got so much going on. Um, But it was this morning when I was sat in front of my research and I had this this poem and i had bits and i was doing i just felt the energy to do it and then i got the text saying zara saying you know we need someone to come and do the radio can you come and do the radio so subhanallah how allah puts that in place Mm. you know he helps he sets it up for Mm. you so take it Mm. you know take the opportunities
2: and i think and try if you can to recognize the opportunities as well recognize how allah subhanahu wa ta'ala puts things in place Mm. whether it's somebody that you've met and you only meet them once and you have a conversation one of the things i always try and Remind myself and this is for me to try and deepen my relationship with allah is that allah doesn't do random no. mm. and there is no such thing as coincidence so when that good thing just so happens for you <laughs> that's allah helping you out yeah, yeah. and that when i realized you know that how much allah does for me that really deepens my relationship with allah mm. that's true do
0: you know for me like it's not sort of like a combination i found like we're talking about lockdown and how it's brought out so much for me like Ramadan was particularly interesting this year because mm. I found that I was doing more writing and mm. because I find it so hard I mean I don't know if you guys can tell by the way this show is gone today Hey, um, <laughs> my thoughts are all over the place and yeah, in order yeah, to not. sort of central them I have to get them down and I found that in du'a. It really helped me to write down my. De- ah.
2: Perfect, it but you, ju- you like, journal anyway, don't yeah, you? Yeah, I do, yeah. I do,
0: because it's the only way I can sort of mm. unscramble everything that's going on in my mind. So mm. you know that might help somebody out there. Absolutely. Yeah,
1: absolutely. So we've got we've got journaling, reflection, mm. uh, time. Mm-hmm. Um, and what else did we have as a I think if possible I mean not for everybody it's not possible
2: but have your one go to person mm. if you yeah, can support. have somebody yeah. I mean Muslim non-Muslim you know I'm not yeah. I'm not saying it has to be either but just have that person who you know that you can just sit and be with yes yeah and then try and be with yourself yeah, absolutely well. yeah.
1: yeah absolutely
0: so guys we've come to the end oh of the oh my gosh show. it's gone so quick I know it's such a shame we're going to leave you with the news and inshallah we'll be back next week at two o'clock assalamu alaykum, everyone what? assalamu alaykum, as-salamu alaykum.